0: Welcome. Welcome this morning. I I was talking about the diversity of the Christians last week and how everybody is different and everyone have different personalities. And uh, that's okay. You know, God wants to use your personality to reach people because you can reach people that I can't with your personality. So you don't have to try to be like anybody else. You just be who God has made you to be. And that's what he wants you to do. You know, uh, be praying about finding your purpose. You know, God has gifted different people with different gifts and talents. Uh, Usually, to find your purpose, when a desire comes in your heart, uh, when a desire comes in your heart and uh, the desire is, it won't go away. It begins to burn in your heart day after day, week after week. It's, it stirs you on the inside. That is usually God is calling you. A lot of people ask, well, how do I know if it's of God? And how do I know if it's of Satan? And how do I know it's of the world or the flesh? How do I know? Well, you can know because if it's glorifying the world, the flesh, or the devil, it's not of God. Amen. But if it's glorifying you, it's not of God. But if it's glorifying God, then take a step of faith and see what God will do. Amen. Everything i ever done, it's been done by a step of faith. Everything. And they say that first step is the very hardest to take, is that first step. But once you take that first step, the second step is easier. Because we're walking by faith and not by sight. You take the first step and God will give you the second step. You take the second step, and God will give you the third step. But he's not going to give you the seventh step first until you take the first step. So I don't know what that means. Maybe I'm talking to someone here today. Um, I know God has gifted many people. Well, every Christian is gifted with gifts and talents that God has given them. Uh, When you find your purpose, you will find the passion. You will find the motivation you will find the determination. You will find the drive because that call that God has put in your heart will drive you day in and day out. You'll find that out. But once you find your purpose, what God wants you to do, you'll find your passion. And I know he's called all of us to do something, uh, whatever that is. You'll, you'll know when it when the. Holy Spirit brings something into your heart. Many times you think it's of us, and many times it's of the Holy Spirit. I never heard an audible voice personally. I know people say they have. But I know God speaks us through his word. I know that much. So if you want God to really direct you, you got to spend a lot of time listening and a lot of time meditating in his word and a lot of time in prayer and a lot of time just sitting still so you can listen. Don't be so busy serving Christ that you miss Christ. So take that time. Anyway, this morning we're in Revelation chapter 18. The fall of Babylon the Great. The fall of Babylon the Great. Revelation 18. We just got done with chapter 17. So after after chapter 17 comes what? Chapter 18, right? <laughs> Last time I checked. After these things, made, uh, verse 1, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. So he saw this great angel. His appearance lightened up the whole globe when this angel came down. I mean, it lit up the whole planet. Quite possible it's a Christophany uh, uh, appearance of Jesus Christ. Many people believe that. It was appearance of Jesus Christ himself. But this Babylon here is different from the one last week. Last week was a religious system. Um, But the Babylon in verse 19 uh, of this chapter is called a great city. This great city is going to fall. And it falls from within. It's sad when a city falls from within. That's the most dangerous. Uh, You know, Satan attacks many times from within. So why do we see this Babylon in chapter 18 after seeing he destroyed it in chapter 17 because chapter 17 was a religious system and today we're going to be, be dealing with a political and an economic, a commercial Babylon, two different ones. But they both are headed by the Antichrist. The religious system seemed to been right on. It seemed to have been right on, and it fooled the world, the religious system. That's why we don't follow systems. We follow Christ. I keep pointing you to him because he's never wrong. God's, God's judgment of the commercial and the political system in this commercial Babylon has begun in verse 2 of chapter 18. So this angel comes down, having, he said, great authority, and illuminated the whole globe. In verse 2, he said, and he cried, mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, has become a dwelling place of demons, a prisoner of foul spirits, and a cage of uh, holding place for every unclean and hated bird. John called this city a cage of every evil spirit, evil system. You know, he, every time you talk about a hateful bird, you can read uh, Matthew chapter 13, when you read Matthew, Matthew 13, it talks about the bird, talked about the, the sore, and it used the birds of the air came and plucked the word and all that. Well, anytime you see the bird, the word bird has always got to do with evil, satanic stuff. So he said, and He cried with a loud voice, Babylon, Babylon has fallen, a great dwelling place of demons, a prison of every evil spirit, This is led totally by the Antichrist. Verse 3, and all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Kings of the earth have committed fornications with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her mercy, of of her luxury. So we see that the kings of the earth, the nations was very much influenced by this political system and has committed fornication, that means spiritual fornication, with Babylon. And he said the merchants, the merchants have to become rich through the abundance of her luxury. The kings of the earth committed fornication with her. They committed spiritual adultery. And that this system seduced the kings of the earth from following God to following sinful practices. You know, the seducing spirits is anything that leads you away from Christ. There's a lot of seducing spirits out there now. You can always tell a seducing spirits, 1 Timothy 4:1 1, said in the last time, many shall fall from the faith, you know, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. 1 Timothy 4:1. What is a seducing spirit? Any any spirit that leads you away from Christ, there's a lot of spirits out there. That's why the Bible said we should test the spirits to see if they be of God because there's many false prophets have gone out into the world. So every every spirit that you see is not necessarily from God. There are seducing spirits that try to lead you away from God. Now, the Holy Spirit is going to point you to Christ. But a seducing spirit is going to try to pull you away from Christ. And there's a lot of things. If you look around the world today, the run by the devil is trying to pull you away from Christ. This is a battle that started when you first became a Christian. He will constantly try to pull you away from Christ. Amen. And that's a battle that started when you were born again. But it said the kings of the earth, there were influenced and the merchants they became rich through her luxury. So this the kings of the earth committed the fornication they were seduced by the spirit but in verse 3 indicates that the Babylon influenced these nations it's like a person being drunk. He like said with wine you know it's like it was a very powerful seduction. Uh, they made, many became rich by following this system. He said many merchants on the earth became rich through the abundance of her luxury. You know, it's just because the church is a rich church, it doesn't necessarily mean the church is right on. Now, I'm not opposed big churches. I'm not opposed, I'm not opposed money or big churches, but you know, just because the church has a lot of people and a lot, and a lot of money, it doesn't necessarily mean that the church is right on. That's why you got to know the scripture well enough so you can tell. You, you'll be able to tell. Amen. But verse 4 says, I heard another voice from heaven This is, and this this is the voice of God. I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins. Come out, unless you receive of her plagues. Some of God's people were in this city and God wants them to come out for two reasons. They will be destroyed with her. He said, come out unless you receive of her plagues. You know, a bad company will corrupt good morals. You hang around around the wrong crowd, wrong people, uh, it can influence you. And God, it, some of God's people were in the city and God told his people to come out from among them. This is, uh, uh, you could receive the same plagues that they did. The city is satanic and God did not want his people to be defiled by hanging around this evil system. Come out among, from among them. He says he wants us to be separated. He wants us to be separated from the world. He wants us to be in the world, but not of the world. Anyone that's got a job in here today, if you work in the public, when you go to your work, they should know right away that you are a Christian. They should know it. By the way you carry yourself, I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm I'm not saying you don't make mistakes because none of us are. None None of us uh, perfect, but there's something about having the Holy Spirit inside of you that a non-believer can recognize, and hopefully it will open up opportunity for you to witness to him. Because the world is getting darker, as you can see it, it's getting darker and darker, but the believer is supposed to shine brighter and brighter. God told his people to come out, lest it be contaminated and influenced, and influenced by this evil system. If they don't come out, they could experience the same judgment as an unbeliever. You know, God's people are to separate themselves from the Babylonian system that they might avoid pollution. You don't want to be in partakers of their sin. This was a sinful system as today. The system today is evil. This is a very evil system we're facing here today. Many uh, Much of it, I believe, is, is satanic. But we must, we cannot compromise what we believe. We we cannot compromise. We cannot compromise by joining forces with people who oppose Christ. Uh, This system, this world, the flesh, the devil is opposing Christ, and we cannot compromise. This is the time now for Christians to to make a stand. I'm not going to say people are going to agree with you, and I'm not going to say people are going to like it, but it's time for Christians to make a stand for what they believe it's no time to back up put your hand to that plow and keep it there because Satan is not going to let up so we have to be strong the Bible say in the Lord in the power of his might so the second reason God he wanted people to come out because he don't want uh his people to be judged you know we start trying to do what the world is doing we start trying to compromise and do what they're doing uh then God is going to have to take us to the woodshed, right? He's going to have to, ch- he's going to, have to chasten us. Because we, we can't get by with what they get by with because we are a child of God and they are not. I'm, I'm surprised that people try to tell me about the Bible, try to tell me about God. You know, I was talking to this guy last week and he's telling me about God. I'm telling him, I said, listen, man, you don't even know God. I told him. How can you tell me about somebody that you don't even know? Well, he didn't like that, but I told him. I don't believe unbeliever going to tell me about God. Well, anyway, let's move on. So uh, terrible things can happen to God's people if they hang around the wrong folks. But this system is evil, and God wants people to come out before his wrath is being poured out. Uh, separation. But separation is not isolation. God wants us to come out. We know we're in the world, but not of the world, but it's nowhere in Scripture where the Bible told us to separate ourselves from the unbeliever, nowhere. We are got to come out, we got to be around them, show the love of Christ, be patient, be loving. Hopefully we can win some people before the rapture happens, hopefully. So, separation is not isolation. But he, this system is evil. Verse five and six. For her sins has reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Nobody's going to get away with nothing. It says God has remembered all the sins, all the iniquities. He said he's going to render to her just as he rendered to you and repay her double according to her works in the cup of which she has mixed, mixed double for her. He said, You're going to render it to her just as she has rendered it to you. He's going to pay her back what she did to the Christians, what she did to the church. That word render means to pay back. He's going to pay it back. The unbeliever, this unbelieving world, think they're getting away with something. But be not deceived. God is not mocked. A man's going to reap what he sows. And no one's going to get away with it. Amen. So, this unrepented Babylon, is, he said, He's going to receive double judgment. The cup of God's wrath. Now, the only way God will forget sins and iniquity is by place. When you place your faith in Christ, God forgets the sin. God forgets the iniquity. Can you believe that? When you put your faith in Christ, Hebrews 8.12 says, For I will, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawlessness and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Did you know that? Now, when you come to Christ as a believer, he said, all those sins you did, I'll remember no more. Erased. Can you believe that? I mean, it's hard to believe sometimes. I mean, I know Satan's going to bring them up, but God says he doesn't remember them no more. He don't want you to walk around in guilt and condemnation. He wants you to walk around in grace and peace and forgiveness, that's what he wants. That's why Jesus went to the cross for us. He said, render to her as she had rendered to you. He's going to pay back double. No one's going to get away with nothing. He said in verse 7, in the, mer- in the measure that she has glorified herself. This system, political, economic system, he says has glorified herself and lived Luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. So she says in her heart, "I sit as a queen." Can you see the pride in that? This this system. So I sit as a queen, and no widow. She don't mourn like a widow. She don't. She's not mourning for her sins. And will not see sorrow. Nothing is going to ever happen to me. She said, "I'll never see, I'll never see sorrow." I mean, you know, hey, I can just do what I want, man. I'm sitting here as a queen on my throne. I'm sitting here as a queen. I'm living good. Uh, nothing's going to happen. Some people believe that. They can do whatever they want. They, they can live just like the devil. And they say, man, nothing's going to happen to me. God doesn't see that. Yeah. He said, therefore, her place will come in one day, verse eight, death and mourning and famine. And she will be utterly burned with fire for strong is the Lord God who judges her. One day, some say it's a short period of time. Other people believe in one day, this whole city fell because of that evilness system. The people of Babylon had lived in luxury and pleasure the city boasted and said, I'm going to sit there as queen, man. I know a lot of people who live in luxury. Uh, I used to work for a man. He, he had so much money. He just, you know, money can't fulfill that void inside. You know, he built this beautiful, beautiful home on Vashon Island. That's beautiful. Indoor pool and everything. And it brought him no satisfaction. So he called in the bulldozer and pulled the whole house down. Brand new house, build it down, tow it down. See, just because a person has the money doesn't mean they have the peace of Christ. Now, there's nothing wrong with having money. Don't get me wrong. It's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. There's nothing wrong with having money because money can do good and help a lot of people. But they boast and say, you know, but money can never fulfill that emptiness inside. I know a lot of people got money and miserable. Only Christ can give people that peace that you have and that I have this morning. Amen. B- B- uh, Babylon boasted because they were self-confident. They, they didn't see their need for mourning like a widow would mourn. They, don't see, they didn't see their need for Christ. They thought they were self-confident. But the Bible says, if any man thinks he stands, take heed that he falls. Sometimes prosperity blinds people. I've seen, it in my, I've seen that in my ministry where people, man, they they had trials and trials and trials, and boy, they were, they were at church every Sunday, man, but they was praying, they were asking for prayer and this and this and this. But when they got a good job, a lot of them got, got hired at Boeing and Microsoft and different places like that, and they were making six figures. And I'm thinking, man, dude, uh, they stopped coming to church. They just stopped coming. You know, the bills are paid, got plenty of money, nice car, man, nice home. I mean, I don't need God now. I tell you what, God, when I, I need you, when I need you, I'll call you. The next trial I have, I'll call you. Sometimes prosperity can blind people. Not all the time, but I've seen that happen. Sometimes it's a bigger danger when people prosper than when they don't, because sometimes prosperity people can I've seen them turn away from Christ. The special judgment is going to take place in a short period of time. In verse 17, you know, it's, it, was very, it was very confident, just like the church in Laodicea. Jesus said, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, he told his church in Laodicea. They were rich too, man. They said, we don't need God. We don't need nothing, man. I'm my own boss. I'm going to do what I want to do. He said, you guys don't even realize you're poor, miserable, wretched, blind, and naked. Babylon's worship of pleasure and luxury, they worshipped it. And while other people went without, it was the most important things in their life were material things. She glorified herself. Proud, boastful, arrogant, hearty. But God saw it, and God's going to judge it. The Bible said God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God don't like pride. Say, oh man, I got a, this church, this system got all this money and all this fame and everything. And God said he resists the proud, but give grace to the humble. The Bible says pride goes before destruction and a hearty spirit before a fall. You can't satisfy a spiritual, you can't satisfy a spiritual thirst with a material thing. No material thing can satisfy a spiritual thirst. You can ask Solomon about that. You know, Solomon had everything he wanted, but he said it's all just vanity, man, vanity. Miserable. So verse 9, the king of the, the world mourns for Babylon. Verse 9, the, the world mourns Babylon's fault. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her, weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Standing at a distance, verse 10, for the fear of torment, saying, alas, alas, that the great Babylon, that... Mighty city, for one hour your judgment has come. When you see alas, alas, that means whoa, whoa, man, that great city. The voices of the kings of the earth, the partners of Babylon will see the burning and weep out loud. They lost financially. They see his smoke, everything went up in smoke. And they said they stayed at a distance to escape the, to escape the torment. Verse fifteen said they stood at a distance. They watched they watched the city burn down, and they didn't want to get too close. So they stayed at a distance. The other destruction of the city, like Babylon, took place. They say in one hour. Some people say it was a nuclear exchange, a nuclear blast. I don't know about that. You know, some say that. But those who are uh, tied to the world system, those who are tied to this world system will lose everything when that system collapses. What they have worked for for a long time and has built will be destroyed. Those who work for material things will have nothing when they die to show those who work just for material things will have nothing when they die. Or if they or if their possessions are destroyed, they won't, have, they won't have anything to show. We have to, we have, well, we can take with us to heaven many things. We can take our faith. We can take our Christian character to heaven, our relationship with other believers. These are most important than any money or power and pleasure. So the kings of the earth weep for their loss. They have relied on Babylon for their success and well-being, and now it's being burned up. Verse 11 says, and the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her. For no one buys their merchandise anymore. Why the merchants, they weep, lament, because the merchandise is gone. Just like that. Boom. No one is buying merchandise anymore. Verse 12 said, Merch- merchandise of gold, merchandise of silver, precious stone and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron and marble. And, and verse 13 and cinnamon and incense. This is expensive stuff. Fragrant oil and frankincense, wine oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and bodies of souls of men. The slave trade. They slave people to that system. They use slaves to work and work and work. This is a picture of, they had, it, they had everything. They had stones and pearls, but they hoarded it. They just hoarded, they stockpiled all this stuff. And it went up in smoke. They hoarded, a stockpile. And people became commodities, commodities and slaves to the system. But it says in verse 14, the, the fruit that you that your soul longed for has gone from you. And, and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you. And you shall find them no more at all. Everything is lost. Verse 15, so the merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for the fear of torment, weeping and wailing. The merchants, they will stand at a torment, weeping and wailing, and and saying, alas, alas, the great city which was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stone and pearls. For in one hour such great riches came to nothing, Boom, it's amazing how fast your life can change just like that. In one hour, it came to nothing. Every shipmaster and all who traveled by ship, sailors and as many as trade on the sea, stood at a distance. All they could do was sit at a distance and watch. As the city burned, ship captains were mourned because the loss, the loss of Babylon was was a lucrative transport uh, business that went there and cried, they said, and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what is like this great city? Man, nothing is equal to this great city. No one ever thought this would happen. So they threw dust on their heads and they cried out, weeping and wailing, saying, alas, alas, the great city in which all who had ships, on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she was made desolate. One hour, or a very short period of time, swift destruction came. This doesn't mean that she repented. It said that, verse 19, they threw dust on their head, and they cried out, wailing, and it was wailing, just because a person cries out wailing doesn't necessarily mean they repented. The reason why they was wailing is because they lost their money. They lost everything. Just because a person wails and a person cries and because, because a person shed tears doesn't necessarily mean the person has repented. I found it out in California when I was in a prison ministry. Yeah, I didn't go to prison. I just went to talk to them. Don't get me wrong. We had a prison ministry in California where we would talk to those guys and those guys, man, they would, we would go see them and they had their Bibles on their bed and they said, man, I read every day, man, I pray to God, I pray to God. And they start crying, man, tears that's flowing. So the guy gets out and two weeks later he's right back in prison. I'm thinking, wait a minute, man, what happened? You said if, if I ever get out of here, I'll never come back in this place. Well, they get out, you know, and they start smoking a little weed, you know, and drink a little alcohol and get around the wrong crowd, you know. And first thing you know, they're right back. I told them, I said, well, you didn't repent because you didn't change. You didn't change. Repentance means change, right? So if a person don't change, I don't care how much they cry. I don't care how sorry they are for what they did. If they haven't changed, they haven't repented. So I just tell them these people here—they they lost their money, they threw dust in the air, and they wailing. The ships all desolate, everything's a mess, but it don't mean that they repented. The Bible says in Proverbs 11:4, "Riches does not prosper, riches does not profit in the day of wrath. Riches does not profit in the day of wrath." But righteousness delivers from death. In the day of wrath, riches not going to do any good. You can't buy your way out of. You can't buy your way to heaven. You can't do it. Well, the church, verse eighteen through twenty, is in is in heaven. The church is rejoicing, and it have, we have a lot to rejoice about. I tell you that much. If you could stay focused and not focus on this world and all the negativity you have a lot to look forward to and you have a very bright future I know it might look bad now but this is not all it's not over yet and God's on the throne and God is going to do something here that I don't think any of us have ever seen he's going to do something totally different in these last days verse 20 rejoice over her O heaven and you holy apostles and prophets for God has avenged on you on her Judgments, he's going to judge the saved in heaven. The saved in heaven is going to rejoice because they have received justice. God is going to judge. Many times, people don't know, but I think God's going to judge the way people treat us. You know? You know, you heard about Israel. I think God is going to judge all those countries that's coming against Israel right now. So Babylon, the great city, has fallen. It has fallen from the inside. The believer says, I wonder, If we just come to Christ right now, how many people would would say this morning, you know, I see the world crumbling. I see the world crumbling. And I'm still not saved. How much time do we need? Verse 21, then a mighty angel took up a stone like a, a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, With violence, the great city of Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. Huge milestone weighing thousands of pounds thrown into the sea is an illustration of how swift everything happened, how swift this city fell. The sounds of harp, musicians, flutes, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. Verse 22 won't be no more music in this city. No craftsmen of any craft shall be found in you anymore, and the sound of millstone shall not be heard anymore. You know, the entertainment is going to cease. The music going to cease. The city is going to be perfect, perfectly silent. The craftsmen are put out of business. All production is going to stop. There will be no industry. But the light of the lamp shall not shine in you. In you anymore." Some say the city is going to be completely dark, and the voice of bridegrooms shall not be heard anymore. There won't be any more weddings. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived. You know, it's another image of desolation. If any, as light, is darkness, there's no power, There's no weddings. There's no music. But it says, verse 23, by your sorcery, all nations were deceived. Her abusive of drugs by her her sorcery. In this context, the Greek word is pharmakia, where we get our word pharmacies from. But it means drugs. The whole city, the whole city. Babylon was deceived by drugs. And when a person is on drugs, they don't think straight. He says she, verse 24, "In, in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and all who were slain on the earth. Many prophets and saints was murdered by this system, tried to stand up and was killed and lost their life. Just because you stand up for just for what is right, for what is true, doesn't necessarily mean that you won't be persecuted for it. It doesn't mean that everyone is going to agree with you or even like you. Just because you stand, since I've been in ministry, I've seen whole families divide over Jesus Christ. I know people don't even want to speak to each other. Because of Jesus Christ, people are. When you when you mention Jesus Christ, it's like, man, don't say that. Don't say that around me. Don't say that. You know, uh, that's just your opinion, and you can't judge me. But Jesus said, on that day, He will separate the sheep from the goats. He will know. He He knows. The Bible says He knows who are His. So this whole system collapses. Rich system, but the system was evil. If the system today is evil, and this system here that we see around us will someday crumble and will someday fall, because God is going to make it fall. No country, no matter who it is, Rome United States, no matter what country, no matter what it is, that has turned its back on God has ever prospered, not a one, we have turned our back on the Lord, and now we are reaping what we have sown. And I believe unless we repent and come back to him, I believe things are going to get worse and worse and worse. Amen. Maybe God is telling people, hey, why don't you guys come to me? Come to me. But it's like people are going further away, further away from him. If you're here today and if you don't know Christ Now would be a good time for you to put your faith in Him. Is there anyone here before we close? I want to just give you a chance to come to Christ. And we're going to close in one song and we'll be dismissed. But I want to give you a chance today just to examine your heart and say hey, you know, I'm not sure if I'm a Christian or not. Well, you can make sure today. Just admit that you're a sinner and ask Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins. And you can have a home in heaven free of charge. He paid it all. But you got to be willing to do that. You got to be willing to come because He's not going to force you. But the Bible says on that day, everyone would be without excuse. So you want to do it now because the way things are going, you don't want to live another day without Christ. Because He is the only one that's going to be able to help us. And if you hear you haven't done that, Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you today that we can come and hear your word. And if you hear you haven't received Christ, just raise your hand. We'll pray with you. Anybody here before we close? Anybody that's watching by YouTube, Facebook, you haven't received Christ? You know if you have or if you haven't, you know that. And if you haven't, the Bible said today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. You've heard, and now you are responsible one day you will face him with your decision. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Bless your people and encourage their hearts. Help us to continue, Lord, to serve you, to read your word and to pray. Help us, Lord, to encourage one another and to strengthen one another. Help us, Lord, to be light and salt as we leave here today. Help us to be a witness for you and to point people to your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen.